The Nifty Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Nifty Show. I'm your host, Riles, and I've got another solo episode today. I'm pleased to bring to you uh, somebody who is a foremost expert in new developments in the metaverse space. Now, as listeners and, and watchers of The Nifty Show, you know how we feel about the metaverse. It's been really misunderstood. People that have been building metaverses have not been developing them with the the best intentions of the users in mind, or at least not really building towards things that users are looking for in this new technology. But the blockchain Chia has been making some strong announcements in a more positive direction. And I'm pleased to say that I have with us on the show the chief metaverse officer of the Chia blockchain, Richard Sao. Richard, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, you and I had a previous conversation before after we connected at NFT NYC 2023, and both of us had a fantastic time. And you were you were really on top of this need for Web3 builders, developers, creators to be focusing intensely on exactly what it is that would benefit consumers, that would convey to consumers how web3 does benefit them and that's of course been a challenge for everybody in the industry but you recently announced something huge with chia with chia's metaverse can you talk about the system that you're building sure um so we announced uh last week uh well actually i don't know when this comes on but we'll just date it as may 4th um that we are building a framework called chia open digital economy that we believe answers one of the core premises of what metaverse and metaverse gaming is all about. If you look at just the core structure of what metaverse should mean for most people, it's the ability to kind of own your digital identity and all your digital items and be able to go from one digital world to another. Okay, And although everybody's using this word pretty liberally, Almost none of the products and services that's been released so far actually meets this particular consumer need. Or from my perspective, the consumer is gamers because I'm a gamer. And I've always wanted the ability to take my identity and all the digital items I've you know, earned or bought and bring them to other games. Even if it's just for the visual appeal. Forget about the stats and everything else. Just to kind of show to you know all the people I've you know, played with before, yeah, it's still me. And yeah, there's that cool cloak I earned in World of Warcraft. <laughs> and now I'm playing in League or whatever, you know? So now, that would be the you're using you, You're using language that, that we've had on the Nifty Show many times before, but I want to highlight that normally when we're talking about use cases where consumers are able to exercise more agency over their digital assets, that's coming from the perspective of somebody who is primarily building games. But what you were doing is building a service that supports this kind of functionality as a standard for developers that are building on your platform. Um, and I want to clarify, it's building on our blockchain, which we happen to have technology pieces that kind of helps the di digital economy happen. What code is, is basically packaging up the set of what we call technology primitives to actually make sure that there is an interoperability standard. Okay. Like, uh, I'll just give a good example. Okay. There is no easy way for you to have 
trading, when I say trading, I mean really mean trading with one person to another digital assets without using marketplaces as a, let's say, central party that basically allows you to either buy and sell items or at least they kind of escrow the swap. Okay. And if you ever play an MMO, trading is normal, right? You just open a trade window and you don't have to go through a marketplace to do that. You don't have to list it to buy and sell. Uh, and then the marketplace takes a cut. Um, this is sort of what we're building. We have the technology primitives already for a while. The problem has been that every game project or every metaverse project that's you know being built by the community, they were kind of doing it alone without any guidance. So there wasn't necessarily a way to ensure that even on our own blockchain, things are interoperable. So that's kind of where we envision, okay, we're developing code and we're developing a sample game, uh, Chia TCG, to showcase this. So people have a framework on how to make just games developed on Chia interoperable. Okay, uh, I hope that idea takes off for other blockchains because honestly, we're, we're only halfway there with most other blockchains. You can only literally buy and sell assets that can be usable for one game, okay, or one ecosystem. And I don't think that's by definition metaverse, even though a lot of people tagging it as such. Well, I definitely want to touch more on that in a moment, but to sort of reiterate what you just said and, and everything that's come before, in the course of building this philosophy of interoperability and provisions, as you have called them primitives, mm -hmm. to developers to support this interoperability, you have positioned yourself in the place where you can offer this sort of unprecedented standard of best practices to developers, not only giving them the option to build for interoperability, not only directly supporting them by jumpstarting that development process, but also giving them examples of exactly how to integrate these things in order to, to help them beat out their competition in the Web3 space, I among guess, other things. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit overselling at this moment in time. We, we, we are, we're getting there. I'll say it that way. You know, when we launched Chia TCG, we only focused on two of the primitives to show examples of, but we haven't integrated all the examples that we want yet because we wanted to get it out there and get the community to start engaging. And we collectively will build up that code standard through a white paper. That's one of our, you know, next things we're going to do. Because I didn't want to be, well, I'll say like dictating how the community should be building an open digital economy. I wanted to kind of get people to start thinking about it, you know, and then we collectively as the early adopters of the technology will, you know, build out uh, the standard together. And we will also, because we're going to open source TCG, people can fork it, they can contribute to it. Um, and we will build that, you know, the game and the example on top of code together. Does that make sense? It, so in other words, you're providing this framework, but you're also anticipating that the development of this blockchain and this platform will be a little bit more democratized. Yes. Now, the word metaverse means something different to just about everybody. But as, as Chia's chief metaverse officer and as somebody who is working on a metaverse specifically, what does that word mean to you? And, and what does that mean for code? 
So to me, metaverse really means the ability to own your digital identity and assets associated with your identity and be able to take it from digital world to digital world. I know people conf- uh, add on top of that, they think it should be like a 3D AR, VR perspective. I actually think that's a visual presentation layer that you could have technically a metaverse that's text-based, okay? And have multiple text-based games or worlds that you interact with, never having a 3D AR, VR headset to interact with it. So I kind of want to, my view of metaverse is basically that really basic layer of everything that's associated with me virtually can be brought from world to world and the manifestation on how that is rendered is dependent on what that world supports. So this is a a pretty uncommon perspective for the term metaverse. And I I think, you know, it, it might be a little bit challenging for some people to sort of understand what it is that we're talking about. So I want to I want to try and stay on this for a little bit because normally when people hear the word metaverse they are thinking second life, Roblox, this central application from which you can access all of these other experiences. But the the thing that unifies the experiences that are going to be available on Chia's metaverse are unified more by their use of the blockchain rather than a virtual space that they can navigate. Yes, it's all the information associated to each person's identity and um, assets is what's unifying people, in my view. Uh, And different types of application has a different view and use of those assets. And that's how I view things. So would you say that you're sort of incentivizing uh, more collaboration than you would normally see between creators in blockchain uh, on the grounds that if everybody is building for maximum compatibility, then everybody's sort of incentivized to know everybody else who's building things in this metaverse so that there is this confidence they can give to consumers. It's like, hey, I can take my stuff over into this other game. These people made sure of that. That's the, that's the ideal for sure. Um, what I'll say is I have a vision and a strategy, and I'm hoping as the community latches onto that, we will flush out what that really means, right? Because as we all know, we'll run into some realities where you know, the vision won't quite match. And then I, you know, I will want to work with them on figuring out what's the best way forward. I think the most aspirational way you can look at it is ideally when it says you have this, I'll just use, you know, a a shirt, this digital shirt and has a little bunny on it (laughs) logo that is somehow determined to be understood as that's what's clearly identifying this shirt. And if it taken to, let's say, an, uh, a fantasy world, it might look more like a uh, cloak. And then if it's a sci-fi, maybe it'll look a little bit like armor, but it's kind of that same ideas and shape of it's still that same item, but it manifests itself a little differently in each of the digital world. That's how I view things. Okay, I know it's not a traditional way of looking at it, but I believe that's where you can truly have digital ownership 
that matters and resonates in the digital space than in a phys that's more powerful than a physical space because you don't want to look like a sci-fi character in a you know in a fantasy world where they don't even have a science fiction you know look or bent to it right as an example so right no yeah that would that would create this this silly conceptual clash this dissonance between between themes and for sure that can kill immersion off so it sounds like you're you're talking about items that have more contextual power to them where you know when people are are building out these assets these assets will appear this way in universe x and this way in application y and the idea is is more about assets that are maximally empowered or which maximally empower the owner to participate in a wider range of experiences. Yeah, that's basically it. So I, I use some examples with Chia TCG and what's coming with some of the community developers. Um, so in Chia TCG, we allow any NFTs that's been minted on Chia to participate in the game because we want to kind of be the UN but we're not restricting that to obviously forks of the game by the community. They can restrict whatever NFTs they want. They can restrict how the look and feel of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, these NFTs are imported into their version of the game. So we have a community developer, um, and I'm not going to show, but you guys can go Google and find out very quickly, um, where they've created this, you know, um, swarm of AI that can train and morph you know 2d assets to a different look and feel and you know you pay a little bit you know it's a distributed system uh, of uh you know our native cryptocurrency to you know get the results and now you have managed to transform the look of that item from one thing to another and one of the things we're talking about as a community in the, at least in the closed dev alpha group is in our data layer, where we store all this extra metadata associated with the NFTs, um, what kind of prompting we should put in temporarily, or maybe it's permanent, to kind of guide this AI you know, regeneration of the NFT to make it look better in that world? And these are the things where I mean, like we're gonna write together, you know, the details of code, you know, framework, and give guidance on if you want this to transform to look really good, you can use this and you should put in the metadata, these type of contextual code, you know, um, the prompts, I'm sorry, uh, so that the, the transformation will be, you know, more accurate as an example. If I understand what you're saying, it sounds like you're dropping something really heavy here. It mm -hmm. sounds like what you're saying is that you're, you're trying to find a way to use large language large learning models or large language models, whichever one it is, big AI, basically, yep. to guide this interoperability by automatically regenerating, as you said, an asset in order for it to better mesh with an environment it has not yet been taken into. Correct. And that AI was trained with that new world's look and feel, right? That, that is really wild, and I, I, I am sure that as uh, that model of AI continues to advance, that the impact that that has on the quality of assets in this metaverse 
is going to prove pretty pretty incredible. Uh, I, I got one more question for you, because uh, I got to ask this to everybody that we have on the show. The way that the mainstream, especially in the gaming space, has been receiving blockchain and NFTs has you know been overwhelmingly cynical. They, they sort of see scams everywhere. And if you use NFT as a term, it's like a forbidden word. So how do you think you intend to, to bridge the gap between where you are and communicating the real value of this to consumers who aren't yet initiated? Yeah, so I mean, first I would say that is a certain population in the gaming video game industry that is really uh, not keen on that. And that tends to be in, I will say, the Western video game markets. Um, That's probably true. I I have to admit, like we have a very Western-centric understanding of of all of this from, from here. Right, and it's no problem. But why I bring that up is um, I've worked in the video game industry long enough to see patterns. And one of the patterns I've noticed in the last couple decades is some of the more advanced, well, I'll say business models that come out in the video game industry start in Asia and then becomes more popular in the West over like a five to 10 year period. And right now, if you look at Web3 gaming, blockchain gaming, whatever the word you want to use, it actually isn't very negative connotation in Asia. It's just it isn't good games yet being done on there. That's a different problem, but that isn't like they blame blockchain and crypto to it. They just expect good games. And if you don't have good games, why would I even take this value proposition? So my hope is we'll start in Asia as our main focus uh, and find some partners to prove this out. And once it's proven out and the Overton window in the West shifts, um, we will be ready to partner with Western game developers with a more mature tech stack that you know realizes what I believe is the open metaverse for gaming. Richard, it, it really sounds like you're building something remarkable, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops. Uh, apparently, first in in the Eastern market, and then how the West welcomes it with open arms between five to ten years from now. Hopefully, sooner. I hope it's sooner too, but you know, you never know with this climate. So now where can people go to learn more about Chia and investigate this for themselves? Um, If they want to go directly to understand code, they could go to Chia.net slash code C O D E. If they want to just understand Chia in general, go to Chia.net and then there's a whole way to navigate. Um, And then um, if you're a developer, you're interested in this, feel free to go through the documentation and there's a way on one of the web pages, I forgot where, where it's like you want to learn more and says, you know, contact our, you know, uh, team. It launches an email uh, link and you'll get in touch with us and then we'll get you some more stuff, information. Right now, most of this is under closed dev alpha. The game itself will launch on May 18th in open beta, and then it will be open source June 1st. Phenomenal. Well, thanks so much for sharing with uh, with all of us about Chia and Code, and uh, I'm looking forward to further developments here. Yeah, I love it. Just how many people are committed to bringing the benefits of this technology, uh, not just 
to us and and the world that we know, but the entire world. Uh, I've been your host, Riles. Thank you so much for listening in to The Nifty Show. And until next time, keep it nifty. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Riles are the hosts you'll know. Joel and Riles say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy. The nifty.